Good morning, everyone. I get to go before all the tears come, so that was my request. Sorry for the reverse and the change at the beginning. Um, I just want to quickly uh, thank Rob for all of his support over the years. Um, and I'm going to call up the teachers uh, one by one and do a little thank you. And then at the same time, I'll call up some of the children who are going to help me pass out some of our gifts. So if we could have Karen Mancinelli, Natalie Dines, Kathy Schof, Donna Connolly, if you guys come up, <laughs> uh, Chris Pfeiffer, Jen Engel, Lisa Morrow, Nori Tadano, and Daniel. And then for our children, if, uh, let's see, if we could have Ryan, Jen, I'm sorry, Ryan, Jen, Katie and Ben, uh, Nina, Grace, and Isabel. So I talked to the church school last week about some of the things that they uh, wanted to, what their favorite parts about church school, and here were some of the things that they said. We enjoy the painting, Christmas pageant, hosting coffee hour, although I know that is quite difficult for them because I always make, for that, make them wait last to serve themselves and let everyone else go first, uh, arts and crafts, that we don't do any math. <laughs> This year, one of our teachers had them make a uh, toothpick and marshmallow church, and they loved that. Uh, and when they get candy and when they get to play games. Those were all their favorite parts of church school. And their favorite part of the teachers are is that they're nice, kind, considerate, helpful, always have something fun planned, they care about our lives, they ask us about ourselves, and they stand up for us. So we just wanted to thank you for all that you do. So if we can give them a round of applause. And guys, if you can um, share the gifts with the teachers. So I just wanted to let everyone know, if there's any interest in teaching at all in the future, um, please let me know. Any kind of activity you'd like to do with the children doesn't necessarily have to mean teaching on a Sunday morning. It could be a painting project or a quilting project. Whatever it is, is something that you might want to bring to the children. They would really appreciate it, and so would I. And so if there's any interest, please let me know. And for church school next year, there'll be a sign-up that I'm going to email out that will be for the church school interest for what the children would like to do, but also a survey as to parent volunteers. Um, as well as this summer, Daniel and I, it's a quick quick plug in here, Daniel and I from August 27th to August 30th that week will be running a, a music camp here from 9 to 12 or 9.30 to 12.30 for rising first to rising fifth graders. So that will also be something that will start to go home this week. So if you're interested or know anyone interested, let us know. It is, does, they do not have to be members of the church to uh, join us. So anyway, happy teacher appreciation. <laughs>
Uh, uh, just a couple of the highlights from the resolution from the uh, freeholders that uh, Pastor Rob and Kathy are being honored by the Morris County Board of Freeholders on the occasion of his uh, July 2018 transfer after 26 years of exemplary service as pastoral minister for the United Methodist Church in Madison, a church which has celebrated its 175th anniversary this year. <clears throat> Whereas he's received his master's and doctorate from Drew University, a master's of nonprofit management from uh, Wagner School at, at NYU, and teaches classes in ethical leadership and professional responsibility at NYU's Stern School of Business. And whereas, in, in, uh, among many accomplishments, he's led the church's skeet program for 20 years, bringing over 100 Newark students to the church weekly to meet with Madison High and um, Drew uh, and adult mentors offered wide-ranging book and Bible studies, assisted the homeless outreach, AA, service projects, and uh, supporting the uh, UMGOR. Whereas <clears throat> his wife, Kathy, has been at his side since 1979 and has been engaged in leading Sunday school, mission trips, book and Bible studies in the SOS Save Our Sanity Parents Group, in addition to her work as a nurse at Morristown Memorial, while earning a Master's of Medical Humanities from Drew and raising a loving family of three daughters, one son, and six wonderful grandchildren, where they've made a wonderful difference in the lives of the, the people in the communities they have served for 40 years. Be resolved, the Board of Chosen Freeholders congratulates Pastor Rob and Kathy on his accomplishments and thank them for their, many, their exemplary service to residents of Madison and Morris County.
Okay, we're going to run it without the audio, so you'll you'll see the slides.
Picture's worth a thousand words, huh? Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> well, at this time, will those who are able please rise for our call to worship? Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created. If you'll remain standing for our hymn of praise, gather us in. Number 2236, In Faith We Sing.
You may be seated. At this time, we'd like to invite up some of the family to say a few words um, on behalf of the Shofs. <laughs> Last year at this time, we were here showering praise for mom and dad for 25 years of service to Madison UMC. This year, we are here to express our gratitude and love to you, the parishioners. For 25 years, Madison United Methodist Church has been our spiritual home. During times of celebration, we have shared great moments of joy here. During times of grief, we have shared profound moments of sadness in this space. We share a mix of emotions today as this chapter comes to a close. But no matter what happens, we shofs carry with us a whole community of folks with whom we have formed a tight Christian bond. Thank you for your unconditional love for us. Thank you for your support and thank you for your wisdom and grace as we make this transition. May our future acts of kindness toward others be a demonstration of our commitment to each other here the great United Methodist Church, and the great community of faith worldwide. Thank you. Now, if you'll all join with me for the passing of the peace. Please rise. <laughs> the peace of the risen Christ be with you. Let us share the peace of Christ with one another. Now, to ask you to join uh, me in the uh, prayer of thanksgiving, uh, you may be seated, but I would ask those, any who have been involved in the mission trips, uh, if you would please remain standing. Uh, we had adults, we had kids, we had people throughout the years who were involved in this, and this prayer was used each time a mission trip was taken. So I would ask all of you now to join with me uh, the prayer of St. Francis. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, 
It is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Thank you. Well, I don't have any pictures, so you have to look at me. And I'll try to use less than a thousand words, so keep your ears open. There's a piece of Rob that some of you may not know. About 20 years ago, someplace back then, in the way back, we played on the same adult men's slow-pitch softball team. We used to play right behind the junior school, and he's not a bad hitter, and he's a pretty good outfielder. He's also very skilled at making sawdust. And as a member of the sawdust-making family, along with Gordon Fleming and probably a couple of you others, Rob is a very skilled woodworker, so you should know that. And some time ago, he had the misguided idea that it would be a good idea to get up before breakfast and meet in that great, well-renowned dining establishment known as the Nautilus at the ungodly hour of quarter to seven. So for those of us who have participated in that, we thank you. And also on behalf of the trustees, Rob, you've always been an active participant, and we appreciate that. And I'm sure the folks up in Allendale, wherever that is, will also appreciate it. <laughs> they still speak English in Bergen County, so you're, you're okay. I don't know if they have a Nautilus diner, but you'll find out. The first reading is in Philemon 1 to 18. It's in the New Testament on page 215. The letter of Paul to Philemon. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. To Philemon, our dear friend and co-worker, to Aphia, our sister, to Arship, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. When I remember you in my prayers, I always thank my God because I hear of your love for all the saints and your faith toward the Lord Jesus. I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective when you perceive all the good that we may do for Christ. I have indeed received much joy and encouragement from your love because the hearts of the saints have been very fresh through you, my brother. For this reason, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do your duty, yet I would rather appeal to you on the basis of love and I, Paul, do this as an old man and, not also as a, and now also as a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I am appealing to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I have become during my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, that is, my own heart, back to you. I wanted to keep him with me so that you might be of service to me in your place during my imprisonment for the gospel but I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your good deed might be voluntary and not something forced. Perhaps this is the reason he was separated from you for a while so that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to my account. The meditative hymn is in the garden. It's in the United Methodist hymnal on page 314. 
Will everyone rise? Today's gospel reading comes to us from Matthew 5, verses 1 to 12. You'll find it in the New Testament on page 4. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. 
You may be seated, and at this time, if the children will come forward for time with the children. So you have to remember. 
Thank you, everybody, because it's been, it's been great over these years uh, being able to be with you, and um, I can tell you, we learn as much from you as you learn from us, and I am thankful for that. So let's, let's bow our heads and repeat after me, gracious God, we thank you for one another that you may teach us of your love through Jesus, and through the time we spend together in church, in school, at home, at play. Amen. Thank you, everybody. I'll see you afterwards. Very good. Go back to your seat. Very good. Bye, sweetie. I see some of our 8.30 people here, which is good. That's a good sign. I wanted to share with you that uh, I'm going to miss a lot of things. Kathy and I are going to miss a lot of things here. Uh, There's no doubt about it. Uh, One of the things I'm going to miss is playing the piano at the first uh, service. I really enjoyed that. In fact, I even enjoyed it more when I didn't have to preach or anything, and Scott took over, and I could just sit at the piano and kind of be, you know, play the hymns. So I'd like to play, uh, this was one of my favorite hymns to play, uh, Lord, You Have Come by the Lake Shore. So if you'd rise, let's join together and sing this.
Amen? Please be seated. Now, I'm kind of critical when, uh, when pastors say, amen? Maybe I shouldn't be. Uh, will you join me in a moment of prayer? Gracious God, we thank you for this time together. May it be a blessing in this day and in our days to come, for we ask it in Christ our Lord. Amen. Uh, it's been a long time, to say the least. 26 years is a long time. Uh, and if it's any comfort to you, uh, Kathy and I have both talked about it. We both feel it as we're moving uh, things around the house and uh, the creaking and the uh, and the, the soreness of, of moving things. I feel like a, an old boat that uh, has all these kind of creaking sounds, and it's, you know, it's kind of a crazy thing. And it was interesting because last week I went to see a dermatologist about a little um, uh, uh, a wart I had behind my ear, and she says, yes, it's a wart, but it's also called a barnacle of aging. I thought that was so nice. <laughs> <clears throat> And how appropriate, uh, you know, I, I thought, yes, yes, I feel that way, kind of just push me out to sea. Um, eventually we will sink, but uh, nevertheless, um, it's been, uh, it's, it's, it's been amazing, and we'll talk, talk more about that. Strangely enough, I do want to talk about the Scripture today, um, and um, Paul. Now, this, this letter... And it's, it's really hard to capture what's going on in the, in the letter to Philemon, but it is an amazing letter. And Paul is writing to Philemon because Philemon is a fellow Christian. But something's happened. Paul is an old man now, probably covered with barnacles himself, but he's uh, an old man, and he has been in prison with a man named Onesimus who has come to become a Christian. And it, it was thought that Onesimus was a slave, but it, it may be more likely that Onesimus was Philemon's brother, and they were estranged. And to make matters worse, he owed him money. And the funny thing is, is we think that a slave-master relationship is a tough one. Anybody knows, when you have problems with your family and money's involved, oh, that takes the cake. That take, that's even worse. But this was the case, and sent Philemon back. Uh, or sent Onesimus back to Philemon and said to him, uh, you know, if you consider me uh, a, a partner, I want you to, to receive him back. And that's one of the amazing things about this. Now, now the interesting thing about the passage is, is that he, he talks about receiving him back, and this is kind of an act of justice. Justice because he says if he owes him any money, if he owes you any money, I'll pay it back. I'll pay it back. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan? The story of the Good Samaritan as well. The Samaritan uh, not only stops to help this man, the Samaritan of all people, but then takes him back uh, to the inn and said, if he owes anything, I'll pay it. So there's a sense of justice in the quest for justice, and we, we pick up on that all the time, and that's very important. And there's also the quest for mercy, the quest for mercy. And we find, uh, be merciful to him, accept him back. And that's good, too, because we find even in the Beatitudes where Jesus said, uh, the merciful are blessed because they will also receive mercy. But here's the challenge I think we face, that when we talk about justice and mercy, they are important, and we will never have peace without justice. 
We will never have complete peace without justice. And our quest for, for justice needs to continue. But the justice that we seek in the world and the mercy we show in the world is wonderful, but it is still somewhat different, I believe, than what, what the, the scriptures talk about and what Jesus was talking about. So often justice in our, in our world, if somebody gets hurt or killed or whatever it might be, uh, we try to handle justice not only in terms of sending people to jail, but it, it always seems to come down to a monetary figure. Somebody botched a surgery or whatever, and they say, well, you know, I, I, I'm, never, I'm always going to limp, but, uh, you know, and $500,000 won't cover it, but I think it'll fix it if I get $2 million. And that's, that's just the way the world works. And even mercy, those who show mercy will receive mercy. Even Jesus says that in the Sermon on the Mount. And that's important. But the problem is, is that it's a quid pro quo, meaning it, it's you do something for me, I do something for you. And that's okay. But so often we find that that's not enough. And the wonderful thing about the, the Christian faith and the wonderful thing about the scriptures is they tell us that there is, there is more to it than that. There's more to justice than what we find in the world. There's more to mercy than what we find in the world. So, for being in ministry almost 40 years, when I went to my first church, when Kathy and I went to North Plainfield, my grandfather, and I've mentioned this before, my grandfather said to me, hey, I've got a sermon title for you. Consider me a partner. And he says, and it comes from the letter of Philemon. Short letter, it's only so many verses, so I was able to read it. And that's what Paul says to, to uh, Philemon. If you consider me a partner. But the funny thing is, is that he was talking about partnership in a different way than we talk about partnership in our world. A much deeper, richer partnership. Because it's grounded in the very gift of life that we find. And when I think back over 26 years and what's happened in this church and what's happened in our lives, I can name so many things and I'm, I'm hesitant to do it because I know I'm going to forget so many significant events. But, but things that went beyond the normal course of events. That's one of the miraculous things about the life of faith and what we find in the church so often. In the world, we're always seeking for things that glitter like gold, and that's good. But we miss so much of the gold that lies behind the humdrum, uh, monochrome, uh, daily living that we face. I remember when, when uh, uh, you know, Parker Johnstone came up to our house and helped us move down here. I remember uh, the work that Gordon has done and Vic has done over the years. You know, they might have been trustees or property or whatever, but it always went beyond what was expected and what was even needed. And it was never, you do this for me and I'll do that for you. There was always just a sense of, for lack of a better word, grace. I remember them coming down for the interview at Carolyn Curry's house and, and being treated so well by Carolyn. Well, she was head of staff parish. She was supposed to treat people well. Dick White treat, treats people well. But the thing was, is it went much beyond that and lasted long after Carolyn was no longer head of, of staff parish. I remember when we were asked by our district superintendent to hold a turkey dinner here for the district. And this was when Lloyd Terrell, my buddy Lloyd Terrell, was a district uh, superintendent. And uh, I asked Lisa uh, Morrow and Alan about it. And they said, yeah, we'll do it. We'll put it together. I said, really? Oh, no problem, no problem. 
And if you say, well, they were trying to impress the district superintendent, I can guarantee you we were not trying to impress the district superintendent, but it was an act of grace. These are the things along the road. I remember coming back, I think we were at a wedding that I was involved in, Kathy and I, and Chris Pfeiffer had fallen and broken her wrist, I believe, and was in the hospital, and Kathy said, let's stop in and see her. Kathy wasn't working that day, but she still wanted to stop in, a ministry that goes beyond. See, that's the, that's the challenge. goes beyond simple mercy, goes beyond this, something that's, that's beyond that. We had the ski program for over 20 years, and we had a lot of people involved over the years. But what always impressed me, maybe the most, were the college students and the high school students that were involved. And inevitably, they would say to me that they got more out of the program than they gave into it. And the amazing thing was, I think they were being sincere. They meant every word of it. Beyond what we normally think is thankfulness and what uh, a justice and, and merciful acts. There's something beyond that that we find our staff, working with the staff, I, I just can't tell you enough. And, and it always been, went more than just getting business done. There was a love there that, that I just think was, was there. Given and not worried about returning because it came back anyway. Chelsea and Parker have come to join us today. It's wonderful. Uh, just so many things that, that go beyond the normal course of events. Glenn Olson, who was our music director, had told me uh, years ago, he said one of the reasons that it's wonderful to have uh, kids perform in church, and thank you so much for playing today, it was wonderful, is that you can do anything in church, and whether you succeed or fail, it doesn't matter, because everything's a success. It's a, it's a place where you can be yourself and everybody accepts you, and that's also a part of grace. Just a couple years ago, was the last year, we started the, um, uh, with the Acorn Kids every other week, we would have them uh, come in and we'd do a worship service. And uh, Kathleen would help and then we'd come in here, we'd, we'd start in the lounge and then we'd end up here. And, um, you know, I did it because I felt it was a, a, another way of expanding our ministry and, and wanted to do that. Little did I know, the greatest joy I would get would not be in that because it's a lot dealing with 18, 15, 18 kids. Uh, I give so much credit to those who do it for a living. But walking out to the parking lot and hearing somebody say, some little voice just call out of nowhere, Hi, Pastor Rob, how are you doing? You know, that's the type of thing I'm talking about. So today, you know, it was interesting. I, I, I can understand why that passage, if you consider me a partner. Not a partner in a new business or something like that, but a partner in ministry. It goes beyond things that we can ever imagine. Because it's grounded in the gift of life of God's love for all of us in Christ, where we witness it in person. It's just truly, it's truly a gift, and, and I can't say enough about it. We were able to baptize all our grandchildren here. I mean, they could have been baptized somewhere else, but they wanted to be baptized here because this is family, and this will always be family. That's never going to change. 
And so that's what's so, so critical and so important. People who have taken a concern in me or Kathy, Hans asking me to go out to lunch or breakfast and said, uh, what are you going to do about writing? You know, simple things like that goes beyond all the things that we, we see in the world around us. And so we come to the Beatitudes. Now, the reason I chose the Beatitudes was because Kathy said, I want you to use the Beatitudes on Sunday. <laughs> but it is so appropriate because Jesus speaks... In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives us this insight into life. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the weak. Blessed are the peacemakers. I mean, what does peacemaking get you? There are no rewards for any of these things. These are all things that the world seems to frown on or not look up to. But Jesus said these are blessings. Why? They are blessings because they speak to the reward and the joy in life that goes beyond what we find in daily living. That we are grounded in in the gift of grace and life that comes from God. And I'll be honest with you, I think that's what has helped me. I hope it helps Kathy and helps all of you as well in, in the days and the months ahead because I will cease being your pastor but I don't think the, the bond is broken. I just don't think things happen that easily. The bond will not be broken. And I think we will carry it with us. Because the source of life that has been given to us all is something we share. And from time to time, we scratch the surface and see what lies beneath. And it has been a blessing. It has been an honor. It has been a joy. And may we all take that with us, because our paths will cross again. Let us pray. Gracious God, as we come together, we have been blessed in ways that go beyond our understanding. Our hopes and our dreams are so often forgotten along the way because of what we face in daily living. But help us in our time together to find that grace that will sustain us beyond this hour, beyond this day, that will allow us to find new ways of understanding what it means to be fully human, as you have called us into life, and that you have reminded us in the enfleshed life of Jesus Christ all the hopes and the desires we have, may we find them fulfilled in this grace that passes our understanding. We give thanks for one another. We pray for, for those that have reason to celebrate around us, for graduations, for Tyler, for, for Kieran and, and Micah. We lift up those that, that continue along the way of healing for Nanette and and Katie and Steve, for Inez and her family and the loss of one of your servants. So lead us through this time and through these days that we may find the grace that we need and be reminded that life 
is truly a gift. So hear our prayer as we come before you with these our personal prayers. Together we pray the prayer Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Please be seated. I know Scott's going to speak, but you know, it, it all of a sudden struck me, and I remember something Susan McAdoo, our last music director, said to me once, and she was very, very serious, uh, proud, and uh, a little agitated when she said to me, you know, this choir is here every single week. And I've had the privilege of coming late to every single one of their practices. <laughs> I am never on time and never once. And, and the funny thing is, they seem to accept it, although I'm sure they talk about me when I leave. I wonder if we can give them a round of applause for the work they have done. And our young people who play, it's a blessing. All right. Well, I won't keep you for much longer. Um, I am here to give a brief testimony about Rob and Kathy. A testimony that speaks to what it means to be mentored, led, and nurtured by these two amazing people. As you all know, I come from a long line of assistance here at the church. And for those that haven't seen that Chelsea is in the house, she preceded me in this role. Deserves a round of applause. Um, but what was interesting is as I've thought about Rob's tenure here, I realize how many people have been in this position. So I recognize that what I say is a reflection of my experience, but also a reflection of many others. Um, you know, what's a gift about this place is that assistant pastors are given not just an opportunity to develop key ministry skills, but an opportunity to become a more complete version of ourselves. I think this is what makes Rob's mentorship so meaningful because taking this position is not a practice in becoming more like Rob. It's a process of becoming more fully yourself. With God's grace as your guide and God's hope as your aspiration. And so for as much as I would like to continue just pontificating on my experience and my thoughts, the best way that I can testify to the impact I see in Rob and Kathy and what I have learned from their ministry is to speak the words of many of you, words that you have shared with me in order to be read today during this service. Vivian Bull, I so appreciate that when it comes time for the sermon, Rob steps away from the speaker stand and moves out onto the steps to be part of the community. Many of us greatly appreciate his content, but also how he is a part of our community, both as a participant and as a leader. Gene Isley. One aspect of Rob's ministry that has always been inspirational for me are his sermons. From the beginning of his ministry with us, Rob kept the scriptures as a focus, bringing it forward to relate to our lives each day. Kathy has been a guiding light for our congregation with her compassionate devotion to outreach ministry as well as nurturing each person within the congregation. Kathy and Rob have been family, and the best definition of that word, and have made it real to call our church a family. Natalie Dines. It took me no time to decide UMC in Madison was meant to be my place of worship. Rob and Kathy's kindness and openness helped me settle in and call UMC and Madison home. Rob gave me a job when most would not have. Thank you, Rob. Working 
beside Rob for three years, I couldn't think of a better place to be. Rob and Kathy, I wish you health, happiness, and great years in Allendale. Lori Hagerich, the profound effect Rob and Kathy have had on our lives over the last 26 years is impossible to capture in words. Being able to hear meaningful sermons each Sunday and see their examples of participation in SKEEP and Family Promise programs really helped my faith grow. It was such a blessing to be able to see the show family grow and expand over the years and to experience their leadership, their kindness, and their good humor. Hans Morzink. I feel like we live under various clouds of a world full of sad and very bad news and under an intellectual ceiling that is hard for the Son of God to break through. But Rob's sermons have consistently struck me like the Statue of Liberty. He stands in front of me Sunday after Sunday and punches with his, with his verbal fist high up to the heavens, breaks through the ceiling and the clouds, reaching up to where God is. I sit and look through the hole he punches and for the rest of the week enjoy the liberty of faith and trust that God's people will be okay. Steve and Martha Anderson. We first met Rob 25 years ago, shortly after we and he and Kathy moved to Madison. He stopped by our house to introduce himself the week after we'd attended our first service. Both Martha and I were immediately struck by his kind and gentle manner and a genuineness of character. Our search for a church was over. We were sold. Little did we know when we first met Rob, we would also get to know Kathy as well. A nicer, kinder, and more thoughtful woman we have yet to meet than Kathy Schof. They have touched the lives of all they have been fortunate enough to come in contact with. And they've given us a window into what God intends us to be. Lisa Morrow. Rob and Kathy are always the first ones I call in an emergency. Why? Because I can always count on them. For the past 17 years, Alan and I have counted on Rob and Kathy, from concerts to christenings, from games to ER visits. Alan and I can really never repay them both for all they have done for us, but suffice it to say that just as they walk in the footsteps of Jesus, we try very hard to follow in their footsteps. Part of our journey is our children who think, Robin, think of Rob and Kathy as grandparents that they never really had. We rest easy knowing Rob and Kathy are here, and even though they will move physically from this church, they reside in our hearts, right here, forever. And lastly, Dick and Kirsten White, speaking to us in verse that some of us have heard before. For 26 years, you both have challenged and inspired, helping us deal with things earthly and higher. Skeep, the food pantry, AA, and Team Vital are just a few of the missions that you have bridled. You have taught us how to live in this complex world, how to nurture and raise our boys and girls. You're not just our pastor and pastor's wife, but our very dear friends. And so as this little ode comes to an end, on behalf of us all in this church we call home, Godspeed, dear Rob and Kathy and Allendale, and wherever you roam. Thank you to everyone who shared. And so as I conclude, you know, in my time at UMC Madison, um, I've heard many people say that they love Rob's preaching and leadership because he brings a critical thinking edge, 
kind of intellectual approach to church. And because I'm getting a PhD, they often think, oh, this is great. You're going you're gonna to be able to lead just like Rob leads. And that's true. But in my observation, the thing that makes Rob and Kathy's ministry great, and the thing that I want to learn more than his intellect or his preaching, is their willingness to be rooted. Not simply because they have had this appointment for two plus decades, but because they took full advantage of that appointment by grounding themselves deeply in the soil of this community, investing themselves profoundly in the lives of all who live here. Barbara Brown Taylor once said that in the age of information overload, the last thing any of us need is more information about God. We need the practice of incarnation. Rob, Kathy, you are incarnational leaders. You share the good news of Christ because you are faithful to your people. Because you will never leave the side of someone who needs wise guidance, a hospitable host, a teacher, a nurse, a pastor, a parent or a friend, a leader or a follower. And it's for all of those reasons that I personally thank you so deeply. And I think I can safely say that for anyone who has worked alongside of you and learned a little bit more about Jesus, we offer you our gratitude. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. And as we conclude and move on to a time of pictures and food, will you rise for our hymn of response? Shall we gather at the river? Number 723.